Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Congratulations on getting through your 9 to 5. Thank you so much for listening. It is The Drive on 6th and Sports Radio, 6thandsports.com, and the Odyssey app. My name is Karen Harrison. Excited to be here. Rob is here as well, taking you up until 6 o'clock. Our guy, uh, Sean Barber, is going to join us in studio coming up in about 10, 15 minutes and sit in with us for the remainder of the hour to get you ready for the AFC Championship game. Someone just texted in, Barbershop is going to make me feel good about the Chiefs heading into the game. We know that to be the case. I'd be surprised if Barbershop had Baltimore scoring in this game. I'm sure that Baltimore, I'm sure that our guy Barbershop is going to have this being a Chiefs 70 Baltimore zero win. No, I am. Uh, I'm very, very confident that Barbershop is going to be also very, very confident that Kansas City Chiefs are going to dominate this game coming up in a couple of days. This is what I would like to start today's show with. The hits. I I think that both of these quarterbacks have two very unique storylines heading into this game. If you are Patrick Mahomes, I would say even more so than last year's Super Bowl, this is the one that no one counted you to get. I feel pretty confident in saying that Patrick Mahomes is going to win another Super Bowl, probably multiple Super Bowls by the time he is done. If you continue to find yourself in the AFC championship game, continue to give yourself opportunities to be the one seed, you eventually navigate this tournament. And in a tournament that is so predicated on quarterback and coaching, you have the best coach in the tournament and the best quarterback. I also think that this is a season that even for me, I think people needed I don't know if there is reason to be super worried about the Chiefs in week 12 or week 13 anymore. This offense was disappointing. If you go from first in the NFL in scoring last year to 17th in scoring this year, you took a substantial step back this season. We have had frustrations, whether at times it's been about the offensive line, their commitment to running the football, the wide receivers, Travis Kelsey was banged up. Something has gone wrong for the Chiefs offense for basically the whole year. I don't know how they've done it, but they have got to the postseason and they have figured things out. They scored 26 points against the Dolphins. They scored 27 points last week against the Bills, and that is certainly enough for you to win a Super Bowl. 
especially with the defense that they have. They figured it out. Despite all the problems at wide receiver, despite the problems that we have seen with both the left and the right tackle, despite the injuries, they have overcome all of these things to find themselves in the exact same spot that they have always been. It was a very roundabout way of getting there. You took the long route. Last year was a little less stressful than this year. A couple of years ago, a little less stressful than this year. This year certainly has had its stress. It has had its up and down. The Chiefs did not play consistent football for basically two months since the bye week. It has been win one, lose one, inconsistent. Lost to Green Bay, lost to Philadelphia, got beat by the Las Vegas Raiders on Christmas. They have not had an easy ride to get to this point. Yet again, they have found themselves in the exact same place. If Patrick Mahomes wins this Super Bowl, it will be the most improbable one that he has had so far. You maybe didn't think that they were going to get that first one as quickly as they did after going to the AFC championship game, but you knew that the Chiefs were building something special. In 2020, I think it was very obvious that the Chiefs were the best team in the National Football League. They ran through that team. If the Chiefs beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we talk about them as one of the great teams in the history of the National Football League. That's how much better they were than everybody else. How they ran through the regular season, they ran through the postseason. They were one game away from being up there, one of the great teams that we have seen. Last year's team, there were certainly questions at the early part without having Tyree kill, but they answered those questions. If he takes this offense to the Super Bowl, it is one of the most improbable runs that we have seen. I don't think people are going to give him that credit because it's the Chiefs, because it's Patrick Mahomes, but you were taking an offense who does not have a number two wide receiver. Last year's offense had way more weapons and was so much more well-rounded than this team. If you can figure out a way to do it with this team, we can never count out any team that they give you the rest of the way moving forward. And I think there already is a legend. There already is a glow and aura around Patrick Mahomes. He's him. There's no one denying that. He's him. People deny it with Josh Allen. People deny it with Lamar Jackson. No one denies it with Patrick Mahomes. He's different than everybody else. They know that. If you get this Super Bowl and you take this team, the story that you have, and building an argument of why you are the greatest quarterback of all time. The legend just continues to grow. If you're Lamar, on the flip side, there certainly are a lot of people that have questions about Lamar Jackson, his ability to win this game. If you have two postseason wins, and those wins come against teams who are quarterbacked by Ryan Tannehill and C.J. Stroud, I understand if you were skeptical about Lamar coming into this game. It makes all the sense in the world, especially against a defense as deep and as talented as Kansas City's. And your belief that Spags is going to figure out a way to slow down that quarterback, whether it is limiting his ability to throw toward the middle of the field, taking away Zay Flowers, taking away the big play down the field from Nelson Aguilar, Odell Beckham, whether it's limiting the run game and forcing him to stay in the pocket, you feel pretty confident that Spags is going to come up with something and it's going to be up to Lamar and Todd Munkin, their new offensive coordinator, to be able to figure something out. But I will say this about Lamar. You are one game away from people never being able to say those things about you again. You can't question if Lamar can win the big game or not if you beat Patrick Mahomes in the AFC championship game. You can't question if Lamar can guide his team if you can win it. 
it's going to be very difficult to have those questions and have those conversations around Lamar Jackson if they are able to win. This is the biggest roadblock that you are going to have in the AFC for the foreseeable future. And if you want to do anything that's meaningful, if you want to do something where you get a cool T-shirt at the end or you get to take a trip to somewhere really, really cool like New Orleans or Vegas or wherever the Super Bowl is going to be, it requires you to win this game. It was always going to end this way for Baltimore. If you had the regular season that they had, where you blew out Miami and you blew out Detroit and you blew out San Francisco, you were not going to get off the hook by playing Buffalo in the AFC championship game. You were not going to get off the hook by having to beat Cincinnati. Those teams were not going to be able to do your dirty work, so to speak. You were going to have to be the team that eliminates the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, and we will see on Sunday if the Ravens are qualified to do that. The Ravens have, for the most part, accomplished every challenge that they have had so far this season. But playing Brock Purdy on the road in Christmas is a lot different than playing playoff Patrick Mahomes. Playing Matthew Stafford in a game in November is much different than what you are about to go up against. This is a Kansas City Chiefs team that I think has locked in on the offensive side. They are playing their best football on offense. We know about their defense, and their quarterback is playing the best, the best version of himself with this individual team. This is by far and away the most difficult test that the Ravens are going to have this season. Even more difficult than whoever they play in the Super Bowl, in my opinion. I mean, we talked about it in the last segment. The Ravens' resume is as airtight as anyone the Chiefs have faced. And I know I got some pushback yesterday in the text line from people like, duh, Captain Obvious. But I would say the Ravens are the best team the Chiefs have faced this season and easily the best team the Chiefs have faced in the postseason. The postseason opponents the Chiefs have faced this year, let's be honest about it, you could kind of poke holes in what they were. You called the Dolphins a paper tiger. Actually, you called them a fraud, if I'm going to do that exact terminology. Both. I didn't like them at all. You you put them on fraud watch. The Bills, let's be honest, were battling injuries throughout the week on a short week. There were questions going into that game. There are no questions with the Ravens. The Ravens have done and answered every question successfully this season. They have one major question left. Can they overcome the hurdle that is Patrick Mahomes? And if they can overcome Patrick Mahomes, we're going to talk about them and Lamar differently. But overcoming Patrick Mahomes is one of those easier said than done things because overcoming Mahomes doesn't really happen all that often in the postseason. It's been done by what? Brady Burrow? End of list? Like, that is not something that just happens every day. So... The Ravens are a difficult task. I'm curious that the Chiefs are up for it, and I'm curious that the Ravens are up for it on the other side. And, I mean, in order to beat Kansas City in the postseason with Patrick Mahomes, it is either required you to have the greatest quarterback in the history of the National Football League or Patrick Mahomes plays the worst half of football that we've seen since he has taken over as the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. It is usually required one of those two extremes in order to win. Earlier, we had on Tim Barbalace, who is the Ravens insider for 105.3 The Fan out in Baltimore, and Sean Barber is going to join us here coming up in a bit. We asked him about the concept of forcing Lamar to be a passer, and if that's the key to beating the Ravens. Here's what he said. I just don't know if that's necessarily a fair statement anymore. I mean, we've seen Lamar take over games with his arm, and, and it's so much easier said than done trying to keep that guy inside the pocket because he just makes something out of nothing. And you go back to that Jacksonville game. It was on Sunday Night Football a, a few weeks back, and 
Lamar's running all around. He ends up throwing up a pass. A defensive lineman knocks him down. Isaiah likely comes up with the pass. And the defensive lineman's like, what the hell? Like, how? <laughs> like, we did everything perfect on this play, and you still give up a chunk play. And, and that's what's so difficult. I mean, offensively, look, uh, the running backs, they've been banged up. J.K. Dobbins, done for the year. Keaton Mitchell, done for the year. I think if you stop the running backs and you slow them down and have to put more on Lamar Jackson's plate, I think that might be a good course of action. We're going to be joined by Sean Barber here coming up in a bit. I want to give you guys a statistic about the Ravens and the uh, concept of forcing Lamar to be a passer. In his career, including the playoffs, when Lamar Jackson has thrown 29 or fewer passes, the Ravens are 43-10. and 10. When Lamar Jackson has thrown 30 or more passes in a game, the Ravens are 17-12 and 12 in those games. The key to beating Baltimore has been force them into a passing offense, which is something they don't want to be. This year they were 30th in the NFL at pass attempts, and you got to try to limit and maintain the run game. You know they want to run the game, uh, run the ball. Now can you take advantage early in this game and not start slow? This is not a game that Kansas City can start slow. If they start slow and they're down 10 to nothing and you allow that Ravens team to build on the run game and run the football, it could be a very, very long day for Kansas City. But that is the number, 43-10 and 10 on 29 and fewer passes, 17-12 and 12 when he throws the ball more than 30 times. If it has turned into a high-volume passing game, the Ravens, for the most part, have been incredibly average when doing so. Let me look to my right, and we are joined by Sean Barber today on the show. Barbershop, I want to read to you two text messages that we have. Someone said, Barbershop is going to make me feel so good about the Chiefs heading into this game. And someone else said, I'm glad to hear Barbershop's positivity. Nate Taylor and Mitchell Schwartz didn't provide me with a lot of confidence. The floor is yours, Barbershop. I don't even need to ask you a question. I know you got the Chiefs winning this game 70 to nothing. I know you got Lamar throwing for 15 yards. He doesn't run. The Chiefs defense is attack. They're positive. I already know. I'm just going to give you the floor, my friend. And I mean, come on, see that. That's that's so far from the truth. Um, I know you think I see things through a Chiefs colored glasses or like a Chief filter, or they get the you know Kansas City Chiefs bump as far as all the uh, my my estimations of what's going to happen on game day. I'm just honestly looking at the film, man. I watch the film, I watch the tape, I break down film. Um, I also look through social media. I look at some of the uh, the Ravens mic'd up. I would I would I would suggest any. Chiefs fan that wants to be a little bit more uh, involved and a little bit more um, maybe, you know, just, just work on their, um, their knowledge, the overall knowledge of our opponent. Um, go ahead and look at, they got on YouTube, mic'd up, right? It's a, it's a very, it's a 45 minute long uh, mic'd up on Raekwon Smith. Um, and it goes into them preparing the week of preparation for the Texans. And it shows a lot of behind-the-scenes things that I think on a competitive nature I find very interesting. I, I, I don't know if that is the demeanor that I would expect of a team preparing to play in an AFC championship game. The, 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 the demeanor and the, the, the way they went about their business to prepare themselves for the Texans. I'm almost hoping that's the way they prepare against us. Uh, because I think they're going to be in for a, a really big shock uh, come Sunday if if, if that was the mindset and mentality of the, of the athletes and the players as they prepared for the game week. 
Barbershop, I think this is the perfect way to start our conversation. I'm sure you have been in this situation before. You played during the same era as Michael Vick. How do you contain a running back as mobile as Lamar? Because it's not just the scripted runs. Last week, they only called four design runs for Lamar. Now, they went for 52 yards, but there were not a lot of design runs. A lot of them were off script. A lot of them are Lamar just makes the decision, hey, I'm going to take off and I'm going to make a guy miss. He ran for over 100 yards in this game. How do you contain the running game of Baltimore when we're talking about the quarterback and containing Lamar Jackson? Yeah, so if you look at the numbers from last week, he had 11 carries. So if only four of them was scripted, that means the other seven were scrambles or unscripted. I mean, that's the majority of them. That's, 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 you know, that's twice the amount of the scripted ones. So um, at the end of the day, man, a, a, a rushing quarterback, a scrambling quarterback, a quarterback that is that dangerous through his legs – there, there is no defensive scheme. There is no schematic way to stop somebody that athletic. And I know everybody was worried about, is Willie Gay going to be available? Is, you know, is, is, is Tranquil fast enough? Is Leo Chenault, is that, you know, maybe it worked against Buffalo, but maybe this is a different, uh, different beast of a quarterback to kind of deal with. Lamar might be one of the top 10 most athletic overall athletes in the NFL, not just quarterback. I mean, you know, obviously from a quarterback position, he's one of the top two. But beyond that, um, I mean, he's just a very elusive runner with the ball. Now, the, the thing you can hope to happen is um, you can invite that a couple times when you when you know what you can do defensively. Um, if you spike, which means take the end from the outside nine technique and spike him into a C gap, spike him into the B gap. Sometimes spiking a player from the outside in causes the quarterback to uh, prematurely bubble or escape to a certain side. So you can you can kind of uh, look at his numbers and his accuracy going to his right, to his left, um, and you can promote for him to have to, you know, vacate the bubble a little bit earlier versus having him come straight up the field. I think that's the most dangerous, um, his escape route up the field when he's um, go through the A and B gaps and he's, you know, getting positive yardage. You want him to go sideline to sideline. Um, if you remember, you know, bringing up some bad memories, but if we remember the Super Bowl, there was a Super Bowl that Patrick Mahomes ran over 400 yards laterally to try to throw the ball um, against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think, when our offensive line was a little beat up. Uh, but that, that's, that's, that's kind of crazy. That's, kinda, that's, a, that's a, a very large amount of yardage to be uh, run around at to try to get the ball to move just 10 yards. If we can get him going laterally, sideways to sideways, you know, versus going up the field and attacking, that's one of the methods. Uh, but when it comes to the, the, the scheme, the run, the, the scripted plays, like you said, it's not me. It's only four or five of them a game. Um, and those are really like outliers. Those are unicorns. Defensively, you just don't s- scheme up how to have an extra hitter available for a, a, a quarterback naked rollout or a quarterback um, counter or those type of plays. Where do you think you can attack Baltimore as a team? I think you can run the ball against Baltimore. I think the game plan for both teams is very, very similar. Obviously, Kansas City is much more of a passing attack than what Baltimore is, but this is not a game to me that Isaiah Pacheco can have 11 carries for 47 yards. Like He has to be a focal point of this offense and of this team. He has to touch the ball 15 to 20 times. He has to have 75, 80 yards or more rushing be involved in the passing game. Isaiah Pacheco is a major part of what they're doing offensively and why I think their offense is found a little bit more consistency when you were watching the Ravens on film how do you think you attack this team I mean you talk about attacking the team you're talking about how you know how is our offense going to attack their defense um 
they're pretty balanced across the board. They got you know great athletes up front. They got guys that penetrate and poke the pocket. They got you know two linebackers that are probably um, I don't know about you know San Fran got a got a pair of linebackers are pretty good too with Greenlaw um, and Warner's. Um, so I don't I don't know if I if I say that they are better than those two, uh, but they are definitely in the conversation with being as good as those two. Um, other than that, on the back end, um, you know, Kyle Hamilton is a safety nickel slash. He's a, you know, one of these Darwin James type weapons in the back end that can do everything. Did you like him coming out of college? Because I know you're big on the draft. I know you got your sheet. Were you a Kyle <laughs> Hamilton guy? He I was, liked Kyle Hamilton was, coming out of high, Notre Dame. I didn't know your name. He was high on my boy just because of his wingspan and obviously his athleticism at that, at that size is very unique. Um, now, we, we say how unique he was, but there are – 20 other systems that he could have went to and failed. Like, like he ended up in the perfect scenario in the perfect defense that are now almost custom making pressures and different things about their defense to, to fit the fact that what he does really well. Um, now he could have went to a defense where they, they, they just put him at safety and told him he's going to be a too high safety or single high safety. And he probably would have struggled uh, when it comes to, you know, really that top end, speed and tracking the ball and going against some of the top passers in the league. Uh, but, no, he, he, he found a great home in, 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 in Baltimore, and that defense is, is made for somebody with those kind of skill sets. Right now we're joined in studio by our guy Sean Barber joining us on the show today. I don't really think that Kansas City is that much different than they were in the regular season. I'm curious what you're seeing with this team. I just think that they have pared down the offense I always felt during the course of the regular season, there would be six to eight times that they would try to get Kadarius Toney involved or try to get Sky Moore involved. You have now taken those opportunities away from the offense that for the most part were just negative plays over the course of the season. Mm -hmm. They've really leaned into Isaiah Pacheco. They've really started to display Rasheed Rice. And Travis Kelsey appears to be as fresh as we've seen him in the last, like, 12 weeks or something. This is the same Chiefs team to me. They are protecting the ball a little bit better and they're utilizing their playmakers a little bit better. Yeah, what, what, what you what you could you could you give some uh kudos or some flowers to Andy Reid and his coaching staff that maybe this is the process that they had planned all along? Could you could you for a second believe that this is the growth, this is the process, these are the steps you and know, gonna... I will give them kudos for this. I will give them kudos for in the last game. Now, I'm going to guess this has not happened very often in Andy Reid's career. They had more rush attempts than pass attempts. That was the style to win. I think some of what happened by the wide receiver room is they were pretty stubborn. But you can't use Kadarius Tony if he's not healthy. You can't use Scott Moore if he's on the injured reserve list. I think some of what happened with the wide receiver room is it got pared down by their own. All right, hey, this is this. You can't use these options anymore. I give them credit for they have finally started treating the role players like role players. Against the Philadelphia Eagles, they gave Justin Watson 11 targets. They have not thrown it to him 11 times since the game since then. They threw it to him one time. He dropped it. We ain't throwing you the ball anymore. I'm happy that they have learned from the mistakes that they made through the first 17 weeks, and they are not making them in the postseason. So I do give them a lot of credit for that. That is what most people call growth. It is growth. Maturity. Right, I'm Gro- growth and maturity. I'm on their side. I mean, again, how would you ever know what the capacity of a receiver to really bloom if you don't ever feature? If you don't ever make a guy a feature, and you don't feature plays, you don't design a set of plays to really like. Let's see what this guy can do, and you don't give him that chance to do it on Sunday on game day. Then you 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 have a bunch of doubt. You have a guy that looks great on a practice field, but you never know if he can do it on game day. 
The one thing about the Chiefs is I think that they are 100% sure about every individual on that team, their strengths, their weaknesses, all of their abilities, capabilities, who can wear the green dot, who can't, who can fill in at the nickel, the dime, who can play outside corner, who can move in. Like, there's, there's a lot of trial and error during the regular season. Now, as a fan of the team, we would, we would love to f- feel like our Chiefs are going out there and playing their best 11 on every snap to see if we can win a ball game to get the best record so that we can ensure home field advantage all through the playoffs, and we try to do that each and every year. But unfortunately, that does not lead to growing and developing the young talent. And so at, at, there, there comes a, a time, a season of life, where you got to just, wait. hey, Pat, Mr. Patrick Mahomes, for the first few games of the season, I want you to throw this ball all around the yard. I want you to, I want, we, we're going to throw it to everybody running different routes. We're going to have guys running deep and comebacks and shallows and uh, dig-ins and seven routes, like all the route concepts. We want everybody to be interchanged. It's going to be very tough on you because you're going to have different receivers running different at different speeds, and you're going to have to like in a moment's notice realize this guy's you know can't catch. No, no I mean that guy. This guy can't catch. That's what they. That's what they started realizing. This guy can't catch. Stop throwing it to him. Stop having him run those routes. He doesn't catch really? those passes. That's, I mean, that's what happened a lot. I mean, this team led the NFL in drops. Is that what I think? What honestly happened? Do you know what I was saying? Do you understand what I was yeah, saying? No, before? I definitely get what you. Do you were think saying. I was saying can't catch? Do you, do you I really think you think, were, I think you were looking for the word, and I just I added the words in there. That for was not you. the word I was I looking for. I added them in there, but I, I do think though I think maybe Growth. what made people uncomfortable, and it made me uncomfortable at times, but I didn't really waver that much off Kansas City, and that they could get to this point was they about, never really. Rob, how about the Rob's been off for three months. <laughs> I don't, I'm done talking to Rob about it. <laughs> I mean, this team usually you kind of expect after the bye week. Oh. No, normally, historically, they after, normally turn right? it on after the bye week. And this time they didn't turn it on after the well, bye week. They they lost to Philly. They lost to Green Bay and Buffalo. And then they were embarrassing on Christmas against Vegas. And then I, I don't know what it was, maybe because it was so cold outside that it forced them to give the ball to Pacheco. And hey, you guys couldn't catch when it was warm outside. So why would we throw it to you when it's negative 15 degrees outside? But something happened to the Chiefs in that game against the Miami Dolphins. And they just took that same recipe. They were not perfect against Buffalo. I mean, that team still wasn't great in the red zone. They had a fumble in the red zone. They still made their mistakes, but they stuck to their formula. Isaiah Pacheco, Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, play good defense. Don't make too many turnovers. And you can beat any team in the National Football League. And that's what they did. Well, I'm going to say that maybe internally after training camp, just possibly the Chiefs understood that that was going to be the recipe for success. And unlike everybody else that wants to see it every week to prove it to yourself, once the people in the building knows what the recipe for success is, there isn't a rule that says I have to show everybody every week all of my best plays, all of my best uh, motions, and, and, and all, all schematically throughout 18 weeks of the season. I want to make sure to show everybody everything I do well so that y'all can practice against it all year long to make it tougher on me in the playoffs. I would rather believe that during the practice that is closed to the public, that they are actually working on things, working on a whole bunch of things, new motions, new, new schemes, new you know, things that we haven't seen yet. So that when it comes to the playoffs, if we are surprised by Travis Kelsey on the bubble, you know, on the three-man surface, scoring a touchdown, two short out routes with Travis Kelsey on the seven route behind him for a touchdown, 
Travis Kelsey coming out the backfield for a seven. Like, we have never seen those during the season. But, but somehow they, they worked on them and got them ready for the playoffs. And so I would like to believe, like, there's a whole lot of that. There's a whole playbook of that that is being sprinkled in and used just when you need to use it, just enough to show other teams enough to start to have them practice and worry about it. And that's what makes a team really great is that I'm able to run the ball even when you know I'm going to run it. I can throw it to Kelsey even though you know he's going to get the ball in the red zone, get him touchdowns even when you know it's coming to him. And defensively, you have certain constraints on the defense. that Even when you know it's coming, you can't just abandon your responsibility to go cover it. you got to do what you got to do. And we take advantage of that over and over and over again every year. But yet during the season, i got to come on here and deliberate with you and discuss and you debate. Was, you was hyping Sky Moore during the regular season. I still like Sky Moore. I think Sky Moore is going to be a good receiver for this organization. He gets playing time because he's showing them something on the practice field. Now he got injured, he got hurt, so he got put on IR. Okay, that's the end of his 2023 I mean, season. I, you know what? I, I, I'll be a believer in Sky Moore next year when he's our fourth wide receiver. When they go spend some money in free agency and then draft someone better than him, yeah, he'll be their number four wide receiver. So next year when he has 475 yards, like, hey, he was really good this year. Yeah. See, he was I, as their fourth wide receiver. He was fine. I don't. I don't think the Chiefs gonna be really active in. The, I mean, that, that might piss a lot of people off that listen, but I don't think we're gonna be really active in the wide receiver market. Um, I think the price tag for wide receivers has gone like sky high, crazy. And I think when everybody else goes out and overspends, is when you should be really cheap and just invest internally on the players we want to keep. And then when it comes to the draft, if everybody's saying that eighteen wide receivers are going in the first round. Well, that means some great pass rushers, some great linebacks, great cornerbacks, uh, some great linemen, offensive linemen are going to be slide, sl- slid down. And if t- teams want to reach for second and third round wide receivers just because it's a run on wide receivers, I, I would be the, that would be the worst uh, move that I think an organization with as much, with as brighter futures the Chiefs have. We, we don't have to, winners worry about winning. Losers worry about winners. And this organization is a winner. I think the Chiefs are going to go after, like, the MVS contract. Like, they're probably not going to be in the T. Higgins market because he's going to get, you know, four for 64 or something like that. I think they'll be in that, like, Adam Thielen, DeAndre Hopkins, MVS, where it's like a two-year deal, $22 million. Why do you keep bringing up Adam? What is it? You got something with Thielen? Is that, was he on your fantasy team or something like that? Yeah, Adam Thielen had a good year. All year long, you've been just I thought he had a really good year. I can't help the fact that he had one of the bottom five quarterbacks in the league this year throwing him the ball. How about if Adam Thielen chose to go to the Panthers? No, he definitely chose to go. I mean, they paid him the most money. I, no, I mean, I don't know. You don't, you didn't have a, did you have him. a conversation with him? And he said, well, I'm, I'm going to go there because they paid me the most money. I mean, that's. I mean, you've been an NFL free agent. I assume if you went to Carolina, I assume they offered you more money than everybody else did. Maybe he wanted to get to Carolina. He'd been in Minnesota. I was like, you know what? Let me try something He went else. to go so to I'm, Carolina. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, he went there. He did go to Carolina. Right? He's, he's had a long career. He don't need the money. He ain't, he ain't out here like, you know what I'm saying, trying to pay bills and stuff. But, man, listen, we, we, we get all of these perceptions and our opinions wrapped up in what, why guys are making certain decisions, who's chasing rings, who's chasing contracts, who's doing X, Y, and Z. At the end of the day, there are some NFL players who actually want to live where they play, and sometimes that is a great deterrent to not come to Kansas City and sometimes that's a benefit there, there's there's a handful of players that probably want to come to the Midwest and be a part of what's going on here and be a part of what you called earlier uh, a dynasty in, in the making 
So, I mean, it's, it comes with its pros and cons, but, I mean, like, everything ain't for everybody. And at the end of the day, you go out, you got to watch the film, you got to, you know, stick to your process, and you got to attach a certain price per year, price tag per year that you're willing to give a certain wide receiver or any position for their ability to come and be a part of your team. And once that price tag goes above that, you just got to move on. Stop living in the – like, feeling ain't – I'm sorry. You were talking about next year. You said they weren't. I just said they were going to pay that kind of contract. Yeah. Now I want Adam Thielen back. Yeah, I don't want do. Adam Thielen. I don't want Adam Thielen next year. No. But there's about, I, you know who I wouldn't mind? I wouldn't mind Gabriel Davis next year. I think he, I think you get him on a real nice contract, on a two-year contract. Ask him to come here and be wide receiver number two. I'd be excited about that. We'll come back on the other side. We'll get back to the AFC championship game. Barbershop's here. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this. On 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Kansas City is Nick Bolton. Can I get a big old M-I-Z? You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Barbershop here. Barbershop, is there something that the Ravens do that really frighten you in this game, that worry you in this game? You know, there's some things I feel Kansas City is going to be able to do. Like, I'm not really worried about Zay Flowers having a really big game. I, I was really high on Zay Flowers. Liked him coming out of college. I thought he had a great rookie year. What, that what is school somebody, did he go to? Boston College. All right. Who what, can, what number was he in his college? I don't remember that. Oh, okay. I didn't watch him that closely in Boston College. <laughs> I remember what number he was. I don't really think that he's going to have a big day. I don't really think that Odell's going to really have a big day. Maybe he has one big catch in this game. I mean, Diggs, you know, almost made one play, but Diggs didn't consistently hurt Kansas City. I feel pretty good about their ability to kind of limit their passing game in here. Is there something that you're kind of looking at with the Ravens that you're a little bit worried about heading into this matchup? I mean, it's not it's not anything special about the Ravens. It's just just in football, if you have really good tight ends and you can run the ball, that causes a little bit of conflict from the linebacker position. Do I attack my gaps or do I stay in coverage a little bit with these tight ends? Uh, Isaiah Likely is a very uh, explosive uh, weapon. He's exploded on the scene since Andrew. It kind of makes me. I mean, obviously Andrews is really good himself, but like, how, like why wasn't Isaiah Likely getting on the field? Before, I mean, why did Andrews had to get hurt for this young man to play? I mean, he's he's good, good. He like, is good. I mean, and so he's been a, a, a you know heavily targeted, um, you know, finding uh, multiple touchdown games at, at different times throughout the season. 
Um, but again, just that that combination between having a, a, the ability to be a downhill running team um, and then having tight ends that can like really uh, kind of stress the seams and do some things when it comes to your safeties and linebackers. Uh, that, that, that's always going to be a problem uh, when you have those two con- uh, concepts that work, uh, you know, simultaneously in any offense. But I don't. I mean, other than that, I don't think there's any one thing. There's no. There's nothing. You know, there's no one position. I think it's just like, oh my goodness, the fact that they have these two edge rushers or these two linebackers or this cover guy or you know, this 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 awesome X receiver that you can't stop. I mean, they, that's just not them. Um, they stay in some funky personnel a lot with this Ricard, you know, that, that, that Ricard kid out there. And it, that caused some blocking, you know, some personnel things. Are you going to treat him like a tight end or a fullback or U-back or H-back? Like, he's kind of a, you know, he does a lot of different things. Uh, he goes out and catches passes. He blocks real well in, sp- in space. But uh, there, there are some things, I think, uh, just from a concept that I saw on film that I would definitely uh, be very aggressive uh, let me put it like that. I would be. A, I mean, I'm not gonna say what down in distances the blitz and not bring pressure. I go zero and everything. But I would be a very um, aggressive minded going into the game, coming out of the second half. I mean, pretty much the entire game. Uh, I'm not gonna ever allow Lamar Jackson to be comfortable. I'm not gonna allow him to sit back and then make a decision whether to run or not. Scan the whole field, realize his man coverage, find the A or B gap to escape through, and then you know, be, be released on to my secondary and stuff. So I'm going to make sure that if he escapes, it's going to be the way we expect him to escape by bringing pressure up at the A and B gaps, up the middle, off the edge. I mean, bring it from as many ways as I need to, to make sure that he knows he has to get rid of that ball out of his hand um, versus just holding on to it, and uh, which makes everybody's job a lot harder. This is a very unique game, I would say, in terms of, like, breaking it down and the analysis of, like, let's say they were playing San Francisco – you know Christian McCaffrey, right? Like, could win Offensive Player of the Year. You know Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Like, they have guys that, hey, you know, Debo Samuel could have 100 yards in this game. Brandon Ayuk could have 100 yards. George Kittle, first-team All-Pro tight end. Like, he could have a really big day. Or there'd be certain guys on the defense. Like, hey, Bosa, he could beat you in this game. I don't really feel like Baltimore has that guy on their roster aside from their quarterback. It's just a really solid team. Like, you're not worried about Justice Hill running 400 yards. You're not worried about Isaiah likely having 100 yards or Zay Flowers or they don't have that premier pass rusher or that corner that you feel like you need to stay away from. Of all the teams kind of remaining, they probably have the less star power of any of the four teams left. Well, I mean, again, man, I think everybody is good at this level. Um, Yes, you have a little bit of difference between being good and being elite. Um, We have some elite players on our team, and especially we talk about – uh, McDuffie and Sneed and um, Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey and Chris, um, all those guys are just, I mean, they're just, they're very special athletes. No matter what position they're playing, no matter what time of the game, they can all, like, they can, they can be game wreckers. Um, and so we have a handful of those. Um, obviously, Lamar is Lamar. He's a very unique individual. And then besides that, I mean, like you said, everybody just plays, they play their position. The, the, the Ravens, to me, are maybe the most, I mean, from a, <clears throat> It's not a good thing either, but to be to be so consistent throughout the season, where each game they started the same exact way, they you know deliberately almost ignore the pass to make it a, a ground game, ground and pound. They want to you know bully ball the offensive and defensive line. They want to make it a very 
smash mouth type ball game. They don't like going sideline to sideline. They don't like getting tired. They want to just, you know, like like run it right at me. You know, they want to challenge your manhood. See if you're if you're willing to take the bait to run it right at them, um, which is their strength, right? Like they don't they don't they 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 are not a deep team. Their starters are really good, and as long as no one gets hurt, then they, they, you, you, you know. But if you have to go beyond the starters, then you, you know you see a little bit. I mean, a little bit, a big drop off between their ones and twos. Luckily for them, they have not had uh, many serious injuries, um, um, like most teams in the NFL. So their starters have been able to play. I mean, pretty much the whole season. So, um, and that builds on the communication. That builds on the trust that you have by having the same voices out there. So, what I'm looking forward to seeing is what happens to the what happens to this great, great football team when they're down 10, down 14 in the first half? Because this, all season long, they've never been down by more. They never went into the halftime by more than a three-point deficit. Twice this year, they went into halftime losing the ball game. Um, and I think it was against the Colts and then maybe against the Browns or something like that. So two times they um, end up you know, going in halftime losing – um, down by three, and they end up, um, I think at the end of the day, winning one and losing one or something like that. But just over 17 weeks of football to start off that consistent, that, you know, like I said, the defense just, um, I mean, it starts every game just, they don't give up a lot of extra yardage. They don't, they don't, they're not trying to like ease into it. No, they're, they're playing like, uh, you know, pedal to the metal, um, you know, balls against the wall, whatever you want to say it, like they're back against the wall. They've been playing that way since week one. And the one thing you don't get to see when you play that way is how do you respond to adversity? How do you respond when a team scores on you back-to-back? And, and, and that's the thing that playoffs it, – it, adversity always comes in the playoffs. There's some um, – no matter how great you are, there's some amount of adversity where you got to show that you have some grit. And I think that is the – if there is one weakness about the Ravens' season, it's not that it's been easy – but they've been able to play so consistently with having leads and blowing people out and doing all this kind of stuff that it hasn't put them behind the eight ball many times to show um, who has that resolve and who has that grit. Yeah, I'm a big believer that the playoffs sort of like force you to like overcome what you're weak at. Like if you look at Cleveland, for example, Cleveland, their road defense was drastically different than at home. Well, you got to go on the road and now you got to beat a high flying offense. They gave up a bunch of points. I'm with you that I am going to be really curious and I think, I think people thought that's what San Francisco was going to do. It's been a while since we've seen a team that has the ability to kind of punch back against Baltimore. Like that's not what the Lions did. That's not what San Francisco did. That's not what Miami did. It's been a while since they've really been in a dog fight like that, which you know with Kansas City. This is not a game to me that's going to get out of hand on either side. The only team that I think can maybe get out of hand with this week is San Francisco kind of figures it out and they blow out the Lions. Other than that, I think it's going to be a close game on either way. I'd be surprised if Detroit ran away on the road against San Francisco. I'd be surprised if either team in the AFC Championship game ran away from the other. Oh, yeah. If you told me, I I would believe you that if you told me both teams are going to be overtime games and one on a field goal, that that basically was going to be the difference between both of these ballgames. It's like, again, it's high level football at this point. Let me correct myself. It was weeks three against the Colts. They were down um, 10 10 to 7. And then in week 14 against the Rams, they were down 20 to 17. That was the two three-point um, deficits going into halftime. And they won the Rams game, which is another interesting game to watch the dynamics of how they face a team that can go score for score with them. You know, when they, got, when they go against a team that has answers for their defense and can 
put up points with them. Uh, man, you, you, the, Ra- the Ravens, they start doing things that are outside their nature. Let's put it like that. Um, and then that loss to the Colts early on in the season. Again, I think that was more just a – they were still trying to figure out who they were, find themselves. Uh, the interesting thing I see about the stats is once they got to the bye week in week 13, um, the first 12 weeks of the season, Lamar Jackson was the leading rusher on their team maybe three times. And then after the bye week was over, as down the stretch, three games in a row, he was the leading passer and the leading rusher. He basically – took the team on his back weeks 14, 15, and 16 to get them in a point where they could take off weeks, you know, uh, that last game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, and that seemed to be, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of how the team is now. That's the team they want to be. They want Lamar is going to be explosive with the run. He's going to be explosive with the pass. They want to put you in that dilemma. Do you stop him, his legs or his arm? Um, if you ask me, the legs are just too electric. I, I don't. I don't ever want to see him running the ball straight up the middle of the field. If he's going around the edge, I can deal with that because um, I think I can get some clean hits on him on the sideline and stuff like that. I, I can get him as a as a ball runner a little bit easier, a little bit more. I, I may put some woolicks on him as he's going around the corner, but straight up the middle, man, he eats up yardage way too fast. Uh, so I would rather keep him in the pocket and watch him throw the ball um, and see if he can actually place the ball up and down over defenders and into zones and stuff like I'm not playing a bunch of man against them I think the Lions are going to the Super Bowl do you uh yeah I had the Lions and the Chiefs so I guess that tells you I think it's winning both ball games are you gonna apologize to Rob who no. told you about restoring the roar? restore the roar he, he did just, he did tell you I that. mean he should have stuck with that from 2022 whenever it was he started <laughs> to bite kneecaps and he I, I will get Rob Rob has been a believer of the Lions. restore the roar that's my dude. What was that name we called him a week ago? It was like a name. He was called Mr. Something. Oh, I forgot. We got to go man. back and hear what it was. God. We got to go back. <laughs> it was, it was uh, we got to do this. I guess we'll do this next week, whether they win or lose. Will they recap the season or we'll start to get ready for the Super Bowl while we're shot? It's not win or lose for me. So. My bad. When they win. I just was just throwing out that no. they, they possibly. No, that's when they win. They could win or lose. I mean, it's possible. When they win. My bad. When the Chiefs win, we look forward to having you on the show next week. And don't think I don't remind, remember, I got no introduction today. I got right to it today. No it's, introduction it's today. playoff. No introduction today. You know what? Next week, I'll give you a great introduction, man. I'll be better at it. Thanks, Barbershop. Players only up next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 